Hello, and welcome to Crafts and Crime. I'm Amy. I'm Elaine. And today we have a craft and a crime. Who would have thought? <laughs> I know. Yay! So we yeah. did it. Yeah, we did. We've, well, we do it. Um, <laughs> the last minute. Yeah. Every time. And that is how I, we were just talking about that. That's how mm-hmm. we got through like school. Always. Forever. That's how I got through college. With really good grades. Yeah. But just. I don't know. I think it's always really good grades. I'm like, well, I just studied for this test this morning on the yeah. walk to school. It's fresh in my mind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. too much for me. There's something about that sweet, sweet panic-induced mm-hmm. homework. <laughs> I know. I work best under pressure. Some, Not all the time, but Like sometimes. this kind. Yeah, this kind. It's I'm like, it's, I could do this, like, really... Mm-hmm really easily um yeah that's how I got through college it would be like okay this is due like I had assignments due I think it was on like Mondays and Fridays or so I can't remember Mm -hmm. um it's been a long time (laughs) it's been over five years and um and I would do it like the day of and and I would power through I'd get it done in like 30 minutes and then like an essay would be due (laughs) on like Saturday and I would finish it like Saturday (laughs) like I'd start on it Friday and finish it Saturday and Mm -hmm. yeah I got the best grades when I did that when I did stuff in advance it was like I think I overthought it so I guess so and you're always wanting to revise like oh oh, yeah you're reading it over and over like oh that sounds like crap yeah like I'm I don't like that very much but yeah so we were kind of laughing because it's (laughs) Tuesday and I think from now on our new recording days are going to be like Tuesdays Tuesdays and Fridays and Fridays because the weekend it's It's like I don't want to do anything over the weekend sometimes if like Jack's off doing stuff um then it's like fine for me to not record but you know like yeah do stuff yeah and And see Kurt was home this weekend I was like I don't want to do my homework yeah he never has Saturdays off yeah that's cool (laughs) oh yeah that's when the guy came for the rooster right was that Saturday yes okay Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, he's gone. he's gone. I miss him though. He was so uh, nice you to can me. Take Bambi. I don't want him. <laughs> I don't want him. I have no relationship with your rooster. <laughs> I don't have a Oh my god, with my join rooster. us from Mommy's After Hours if you want to hear some horrific, <laughs> ridiculous, <laughs> crazy chicken people. Yeah. <laughs> conversation. Oh did you screenshot like the I whole did. Thing? I did. Okay. I can like crop out her name and stuff, but she was hilarious. Uh-huh. Oh my god. That whole conversation was funny. But. It's peep animal people are weird. Um <laughs> but we're animal people. So mm-hmm. I mean, but animal people we welcome say them all. can be weird. And some people go a little over the top. And like <laughs> even in the chicken group, it's mm-hmm. like there are people that have chickens for all different reasons. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't for sure. Yeah. Don't say that, oh, because you raise meat birds that you're a bad mm-hmm. chicken owner. No, it's like you're a, a chicken, farmer a farmer a, yeah yeah where do you think your chicken strips come from when you go to chick-fil-a exactly. <laughs> it's the same like i don't i was explaining to my husband because he like gets he's like so sweet and sad about he like we eat chicken a lot yeah we do <laughs> but too. mine are just for pets they're mm-hmm. pets i actually don't even like eggs <laughs> yeah mine are multi-purpose yeah multi-purpose and i i just i don't really like eggs lenore does a lot kurt doesn't but yeah. we will eat them in recipes so that's oh my okay gosh. So my i gotta kids, find like egg-based stuff my kids will eat eggs every day if i let them yeah yeah I mean, lily i mean you saw when i did <laughs> when i hard-boiled the quail egg she was popping them like <laughs> Popcorn, yeah. yeah they really like, are like yes <laughs> it is really funny but yeah so you know and so a lot of people i guess they just figured it was a dr- 
group just for pet owners. Yeah. Nope. It's the, what is it? Backyard chickens yeah, backyard on Facebook. Chickens. Mm-hmm. It's open to everybody. I think it's like worldwide. I yeah. think a lot of people there are, oh my God, sorry. Did you see that woman's Indio Gigante rooster? The giant one that's like Holy three crap. feet tall or yes. something like that? Yeah. And he's not even done growing. She says they don't that's stop crazy. growing until they're a few years old and they can get four feet tall. That's crazy. That that's is like my freakish. child. That is so scary. Like looking at Feline when I crouched down, I was like, God, they're big. These are big Feline's birds. Big, though. She is a big. She's the biggest. But yeah. it's really weird because they're just, it's like when you, unless you see a crow right up close, you don't mm-hmm. realize how big they are. Yeah. And it's funny because it never occurred to me that, like, because I mean, I grew up in Oregon and um, while, I mean, I had chickens once before, mm-hmm. I don't think I knew anyone personally as a kid that had chickens besides me Mm -hmm. um but like we our fairs were like county fairs Uh and you know we're talking there's more animals than anything else at the fair yeah you know and it was exciting quilts and cakes and jellies like Mm -hmm. that kind even our it was in the i believe the fair in oregon in salem is the marion county fair i just who knows when i was a kid like let's go to the fair because it was always mine and my sister's birthdays Mm -hmm. so like out here it's the san bernardino county fair but there's like the animal paddock yeah is like one cow yeah, like a couple of ever since I was like a kid. It's cute, but it's gotten really, really small. Mm-hmm. I know um, they have one out in LA. Oh my God, I want to go to the LA County Fair. Then... Supposedly, it's like the biggest fair on the West Coast. Yeah, we should do it sometime. We totally Maybe should. When, like, because Lincoln the thing Lillier is, a bigger. the thing is, like, it's in September <laughs> for a month. It's like the end of September mm-hmm. and the first half of October it's still just so hot and it does it it <laughs> does so it does get so hot but it's just um like at least it's not the orange show hot yeah because sometimes that's really bad too oh, yeah and LA tends to be a little cooler because it's more coastal yeah but yeah, yeah. it's I've driven past it I think on the <laughs> really? freeway yeah because you know my parents have the house down in um Newport yeah. so like driving to Newport Beach uh-huh. it's like, oh, okay. I think there was a fair I'm like I don't mm-hmm. know if it was that one but the Orange County fair um someday when all the well yeah when the little ones are older then we got to do yeah. a road trip to one of those fun county I fairs because like california they raise we have like the most produce i know there's like a mm-hmm. garlic festival somewhere mm-hmm. like there oh are my a gosh i love it of... when we would like drive not like a well i know there's a lavender one Oh, and then there's like but anyways when you said garlic i was like on mm-hmm. the freeway when i would drive the kids home from dance we would always end mm-hmm. up behind a garlic truck and it's you could totally so smell funny. it and i'm like yeah i love it i know it's like a big semi truck full mm-hmm. of garlic like open it looks like a dump truck yeah it's, it's a, like wait, open. i think it is a dump but it's like truck. the mesh sides well not mm-hmm. mesh but oh, okay, like the, yeah. the metal you know where you could see like through. cattle guard <laughs> yeah well like the security screen kind yeah. of material gotcha. so you could see the all that is garlic. always Because really it's always fun. like, is that onion or is that garlic? It's mm-hmm. like, it's garlic. Yeah. So. I do love those trucks. Because again, like, I lived right down the street from a giant onion farm growing mm-hmm. up as a kid. Mm-hmm. So when the onions were ready, the whole town smelled like armpit. Because <laughs> I was well, right downwind from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I grew up in a dairy city or next to a dairy this city. This is why we have chickens and, in our yeah. backyard. <laughs> and it was so funny because on Saturday when Brad and... Um, and his friend came over. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, um, I was he helped me push the pool up because we got like the little um, 
blow up pool thing, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it's pretty big. It's about like mm-hmm. 10 feet across, maybe, or eight feet. I, don't I know. think it's eight. Yeah. And um, so I had emptied it already, but it had like that little bit of water in the bottom. And so Brad was like, here, I'll help you like oh, were you doing get like it a full out. Clean? Yeah, I had you guys, to. Did you it flood so... your backyard? No, I just did the little tiny, the little drain thing. So it was mm-hmm. slow enough. Uh-huh. And I just didn't throughout the day it was so hot that day it was like mm-hmm. 105 or something like that. god that sucks because it's like it's so much water it it's is but it was so too. gross it was slimy yeah. everything was slimy so mm-hmm. we emptied it and then yeah so plants well but it the flooded my backyard for the, yeah it does have chlorine in <laughs> the it. chlorine it would have evaporated but it would have been like take the ducky chlorine thing out yeah and then let it rot longer <laughs> so he helped me move that and then i pulled the tarp up and it was like decomposing grass underneath Ugh. and it smelled me and brad both at the same time were like it smells like home oh <laughs> it smells like manure like like cows. cow fart yeah smell. i so totally like, know what like you home. mean and if you have not lived near a nice clean poop cow farm you mm-hmm. don't know it's not like driving through stockton <clears throat> or like like it's it's a nice oh it's nice grass poop smell and you can't it sounds crazy it's but natural it's natural it is it's a very organic yeah. natural it smells smell. like fresh cut grass and nice compost i don't yeah, know yeah but yeah. It, unless you smelled it you're like nice it cow you, shit smell yeah, but it's it, like it really weird is. because i <laughs> i lived with uh, my friend alicia and she lived like literally on a dairy like right like cows are right there mm-hmm. and so i'd know that smell pretty fresh from her house and it wasn't nasty it's just like no. you get used to it yeah but it's, yeah, it's very organic and natural. So, you know, it was funny. It's like, it smells like home. Me and Brad were both at the same That's time. Funny. And and his friend was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. It's, it's I nice. know. Yeah. Crystal and I, we grew up next to a farm in Oregon for just a little while. The first handful of years of my life. till I was like five. And um, it was a very small farm. Mm-hmm. Um, comparatively, I think it was just like maybe 10 acres and um it it was only like a couple dozen cows on Mm -hmm. that property Mm -hmm. so they were pretty spread out but oh that smell I just know it and it it just like it's so familiar and Mm -hmm. it's funny because yeah unless you like know that poop smell you're like well yeah it just is <laughs> and it some days it would be like worse than others like when mm, they would till up the ground and stuff <laughs> yeah. and you're like oh it's fresh today. because it's the decomposing poop <laughs> yeah that's the gross smell it's yeah. the poop that's rotten <laughs> yeah i remember when my mom had first rented out the house in ontario mm-hmm. the tenants had moved from like not they weren't from that area mm-hmm. and the first thing they said was like oh my gosh you didn't tell us that the the cow poop smell was so bad and my mom kind of had to tell them like well you did rent out a house like streets away from cows what did yeah, you think that's crazy. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so yeah like they didn't even <laughs> check the property out before no they did just, like, it just wasn't a stinky day it wasn't a fart day no <laughs> oh my yeah, god so hilarious anyways. all the cows are farting at the same time yeah <laughs> they're like oh we got some new people in town <laughs> that's so welcome funny. but yeah so it's it smelled like home and it's <laughs> it's funny because like I kind of like that smell because <laughs> it does. It's nostalgic. I get so, it. Yeah. Anyways, enough chit chat about. At least all it wasn't animals. chickens this whole time. It was cow poop. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we once again talked about chickens a lot. I did. That's why I shared it in the group because I was like, ah, uh, come and listen to Seriously. us talk about chickens every time. We really so. do. It's literally in our hashtags on Instagram because of yeah. how much we talk about chickens. <laughs> I was like, well, let's see if this is our crowd too. <laughs> I know. Well. All right, let me hear your craft. 
Yeah. I was like, welcome to Crafts, Crime, and Chickens. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I got a little one. And it kind of ties in. um, Like, I was vaguely trying to tell you without telling you. I'm like, it vaguely ties into, like, other crafts that I've done. So I am doing uh, sewing needles. So the history of sewing needles. No, that's crazy. That's cool. Just something simple. Super short. I never would have thought, but I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I was like, maybe I'll do sewing. And I was like, no, we'll take it. Because again, you and I talk about this all the time. We've mentioned it here. These are things I've used. I've known how to hand sew since I was like four. Mm -hmm. Not great, but I was so jealous watching my sister like hand sew like Mm -hmm. stuffed animals and stuff. And but when have I ever Googled when sewing needles came around you just don't and i love this like this is like we could so win jeopardy (laughs) (laughs) yeah give us a few years into the podcast and we'll know all the random facts okay (laughs) yeah give me crafts for 500 (laughs) okay (laughs) okay Uh, so obviously we all know what a sewing needle is and what we use it for but um i'm going to dive into a little more details and just Mm. simple stuff that like you know it's just more more information on sewing needles so as we know a sewing needle is a long sharp piece of metal and it has a small eye hole at the end in order to thread through some fiber of some sort uh, there are actually six parts to a sewing needle. <laughs> I didn't know this. That's cool. So the main section is called the shaft. <clears throat> and the Excuse next me. part is called the shank. And the shank is the part that is attached to a sewing machine or the part that is held to hand sew. So it's like the top part. Okay. Um, next is the groove. And the groove is a dent that runs along the shaft. And it allows for the thread to lie against the needle. So, like, it's a little line. If you look at a sewing needle, it'll mm-hmm. have a little line for the thread to go through mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> as it goes through the fabric. And the eye is the next part of the needle, and it is the hole near the tip of the needle that the thread is passed through. And the scarf is the next portion of the <laughs> sewing needle, and it allows for the hook to form a stitch. And the last part of a sewing needle is the point and as we know the point is the tip of the needle and that's what goes through the fabric so that's like a lot of think about a sewing machine there's a lot of parts to like that needle Mm -hmm. but just a needle in general it's more than just like a pointy piece of metal with a hole in it you know yeah there's actual terminology for it so there are many different types of needles for different uses and the most common needle is the sharp needle and that is just your basic needle to like sew a button men clothes etc it's just your basic needle it's called a sharp um applique needles are used for applying things to something such as like a patch and then there are embroidery needles which are similar to sharp needles but they have a bigger eye to accommodate more threads like if you're doing multiple threads and embroidery work Mm -hmm. so like a sharp needle might have a smaller hole while embroidery will have a bigger eye hole and then quilting needles are shorter and the eye is small and round and these types of needles are used for what it sounds like quilting hmm. and making detailed stitches fine stitches why are um, they shorter do you know um because you're making more detailed stitch i don't know it's oh just so you like, need so you like tinier long, control yeah you need There's smaller no control reason. yeah you, gotcha. you're not trying to go through big pieces you're trying to on make detailed work on a, a small space on the quilt um <clears throat> so i'm not going to go into 
all the different types of needles because there are like 12 more different kinds oh but gosh. those are kind of the most common ones so like think of a project that needs a needle and it probably has its own needle such as like uh there's needles for upholstery even doll making there's specific needles for that uh tapestries and leather working like oh these God, those all, are huge yeah they these, look like an arrow <laughs> and so there's like just tons of different needles for any mm-hmm. different project um, there are even specific needles that are used in a sewing machine. And all of these needles come in different um, lengths and thicknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the needle I'm actually currently using for the cross stitch is like an embroidery needle, but it oh, has okay. like a blunt tip because I'm not trying to go through fabric. You're not stabbing. I'm not You're stabbing just, anything. I'm going through that smooth. hole. So yeah. it needs to be smooth bullet tip to, to mm-hmm, glide. To oh, go cool. through the little hole in the cross stitch. So. Hmm. As I said in the cross stitch um, episode, <laughs> so um, so yeah, my needle doesn't need to be sharp, which is nice because could you imagine like trying to go through and like stab, stab, you know? Because I'm I have hands usually on both sides of my work. Um, so, anyways, so the <clears throat> earliest sewing needles were made of bone mm-hmm. and were most likely used to sew together animal skins. And a point that might be from a bone needle dates back to 61,000 years ago, and it was discovered in Sibudu Cave, South Africa. And a needle made from bird bone, and uh, it was like back to the Denisovans. Hmm. It's estimated to be around 50,000 years old. Wow. And then a bone needle dated... About 47 to 41,000 years ago was discovered in Slovenia. And then bone and ivory needles found in, I don't know, Zayogushan prehistoric site. And oh, I hate when I can't say the names. Lyoning province date between 30,000 and 23,000 years old. So we've... We've been, been sewing stuff forever. forever. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And ivory needles were also found dated th- uh, 30,000 years ago um, in Russia. And then 8,600-year-old Neolithic needle bones were discovered in an, uh, Western Anat- Anatolia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um, copper sewing needles um, were found in Egypt, ranging from like... 4,400 BC to 3,000 BC. And then iron sewing needles were found um, dating back to the 3rd century BC. And um, <clears throat> so out here, we live in the United States, of so North America. And Native Americans were known to use sewing needles from natural sources. And one such source was the agave plant. <laughs> and that provided both the needle <clears throat> and the thread. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And so the agave leaf would be soaked for an extended period of time, leaving a pulp long stringy fibers and a sharp tin connecting the ends of the fibers the needle is essentially what was the tip end of the leaf and then once the fibers dried the fibers and the needle could then be used to sew things together because they're connected Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah so in the 10th year i said it's all short i'm like i actually have a lot of information (laughs) in the 10th century um in spain uh there was like more um, high quality steel being produced. Mm-hmm. So then this later was extended to Germany and France and um, England. And then England began creating needles in 1639. And at about in about 
1655, needle manufacturers were um, able to establish a guild of needle makers in London. Hmm. And in Japan, the Festival of Broken Needles dates back to the 1600s. And so that's a little bit of like when needles started to become more produced. Mm -hmm. So then in the 19th century, needle production obviously amped up higher disposable incomes and different textiles and the introduction of the sewing machine um, really helped expand the, you know, sewing market and needle market. Mm -hmm. Um, And during the late 18th and early 19th centuries, when these skills were like an essential part of a lady's education, you know, you had (laughs) to take sewing, (laughs) sewing, um, sewing baskets, boxes, like other necessities, um, were handed down from generation to generation. <laughs> and my grandmother was a phenomenal sewer. I remember her little pincushion of all her needles <laughs> and pins and stuff. And she was really good at making quilts. She, along with like other, um, I think it was like members of her church, did like a big quilt for my parents when they got married. Mm. And um, so she was really good at sewing. But yeah, so that's just a bit of on needles that's super cool sewing needles specifically so yeah and I thought about that because I was literally sitting down thinking like what am I gonna talk about as I'm like cross-stitching with a needle and I was like wonder where this was invented (laughs) you know it's funny too as soon as you started mentioning it my brain went I bet you could use like a really dried out thick pine needle because they're so sharp oh yeah you like split it in the middle just a little bit because that's what beading needles are Mm -hmm. Um, they are like this super long split and you put your filament in it mm-hmm. and then you, zoop, 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 and you scoop up all the beads. Sorry, you could use like a cat whisker as a... I'm serious. I know. I kept thinking about it. And like all like, these oh pokey things. Yeah. yeah, there are so many options. Just tie like, a knot at the end of the whisker mm-hmm. to like thread, a th- <laughs> thread another whisker through to sew with. <laughs> We'd be fine in the apocalypse. Pretty resourceful. I have a container of cat whiskers. I know. I save them when I find them for you. I found a really good one yesterday. I know. I it's funny though because like we the two cats are all white whiskers, so it's like a million white whiskers. Yeah. And I still haven't found a black one. Binks has black whiskers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then Kiki has one white whisker. <laughs> it's so cute. Her, it's like a freckle. Old lady it's white so whisker. It's so cute yeah. though. It's like a, her freckle. It's like her birthmark because mm-hmm. she didn't have it forever, right? No, no. She's 14 and in the last like year or so, all of a sudden she has one white whisker. That's and it's so like, cute. it is because it reminds me of my childhood cat, um, <laughs> Cinder. And she was all black like Binks. And she, as she got old, she had one one white whisker. And oh, so when she so died, cute. we saved her white whisker. Oh. I think we found it not too long ago, but. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you told me. We found my boo boo. (laughs) (laughs) My lock of hair, my mom saved. My mom saved the hair too. Yeah, I saved my kids' hair too. Okay, so that was, yeah, that was needles. That was super cool. That was not short. My craft. It was like 10 minutes. (laughs) My craft next week is short okay. like way shorter than that okay well <laughs> so you I... were like it's short and i'm like girl <laughs> well because then i got into dates and i'm like i yeah. gotta mention That's it cool, all though. because it's like you're trying to think i tried to go in order but then i get all mixed up with with bc and ce and all of that yeah and, and it takes me a second to like wait i gotta look at that picture that timeline in my brain so mm-hmm. okay so is your crime in the bc or the c <laughs> <laughs> okay or Okay, I'm ready. Uh, my 
case is on Alfred Packer. Okay. Um, he was born January 21st, 1842 in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, which was really close outside of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, he had two siblings to his dad, James, and his mom, Esther. <clears throat> Uh, I don't have a lot of information on his parents or his early life because that wasn't, you know, was the part like, of this story. Eight, well, and, and <laughs> it was back in the 1800s. Exactly, right. <laughs> hey, we were talking about journals. Everybody diaried. But I know. I don't have any information <laughs> <Diaried>. on diaried. <laughs> um, in 1850, the parents moved from Pennsylvania to LaGrange, Indiana. Um, and he didn't he didn't get along with his parents like most teenagers Teenagers, Uh and so he moved in those late teenage years with a job as a shoemaker in minnesota he enlisted in the civil war it's so funny reading these i was like dang that's crazy yeah he enlisted in the civil war two separate times the first time in april of 1862 for eight months and then again the next year in june of 1863 until april of the next year Okay. He got discharged both times uh, medically because he had really severe epilepsy. Oh, and so yeah. even though they knew his first round, you know, they still needed soldiers. So they basically let him enlist as long as he could. Mm-hmm. But he ended up having to leave the service because of um, he was he ended up having really terrible grand mal seizures every two days. Oh, wow. And the thing is, like for people who don't, no, like seizures will can on their own just knock you out for days or so yeah. and make you tired and loopy and there's headaches there's a lot more involved mm-hmm. to just i had a seizure so mm-hmm. nine years he worked so many jobs in that amount of time um and his epilepsy his epilepsy, <laughs> his epilepsy. epilepsy and a really terrible attitude got him let go from on all of his jobs mm-hmm. um everybody that encountered him said he was unliked distrusted he had light fingers which is a uh, nice way of saying he, he stole stuff stole, yep. um but i think it's like he stole stuff that they pretty was pretty sure it was him mm-hmm. and he was just unliked and distrusted by people in general and everybody just felt deep down in his core he was a bad person Mm -hmm. he argued with everybody and he he was just completely impossible to even get along with he didn't Mm want to make friends he didn't want to be nice he was just insufferable Mm -hmm. um he worked as a guide so like a through the forest kind of a guide okay but he was really bad at it. <laughs> of course he was. He was really bad at it. And he ended up getting people lost quite a lot. And I guess they assumed because he had, like, he was a soldier that he was familiar with the area. But he wasn't at all. He tried to work in Colorado and Utah mining. Mm-hmm. Which there was all kinds of mining. It didn't say. There's coal, salt, and gold out there. So it was okay. one of those. One but of I don't them. think it was gold. Um, I think it was salt With his light fingers. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> In November of 1873, he came across 20 men that were going to um, Breckenridge, Colorado from the salt mines in um, Utah. And they heard that there was gold over there because, you know, the gold rush was starting on the West Coast and mm-hmm. it didn't just stay in California. They realized it was, you know, oh, Utah, yeah, Nevada, all of it. Yeah, it yeah. was in the area from mm-hmm. the mountain water. Yeah. 
So he asked them, uh, the, I'm sorry, the head, the head of the, that group, George Tracy said that he found them about 25 miles, um, from where they had first started their trip in Utah. So not very far. They had a long way to go from Mm -hmm. Utah to that part in Colorado. So they had just started when he found them. Okay. And he asked, Alfred asked to join them. And the problem was they didn't really feel great about it because he had no money. Mm. He had no travel supplies, basically very, very low provisions to travel. Mm -hmm. And, um, he only had a little revolver and his clothes were just not appropriate for the trek in general. And they mm-hmm. were like, this dude's going to bog us down. Yeah. They reluctantly agreed, even though they were worried, you know, this dude's just going to mooch off of them the whole mm-hmm. time. Um, he said he was a guide. And they were like, well, I guess, you know, the thing was, you didn't lie about that. Yeah. Because that means you're risking everyone's, everyone's life, life, including your own. Mm-hmm. So they were like, well, he must be a really good guide then if he doesn't need all this stuff and we have our belongings so Uh he obviously quickly got them lost Mm -hmm. and they complained uh later told them talked about him i'm sorry being uh greedy and lazy and unfortunately he seized the whole time (laughs) so that's definitely gonna it held him back it caused problems for everybody um, it, it slowed them all down and his seizures really did end up getting quite, they got worse too, mm. but there was nothing they could do. Yeah. He was their guide and that makes him the leader essentially kind of, oh of this group. Gosh. So the trip took way imagine too the, long. Imagine the numbers. If I told you, so I told you we shouldn't have. T- I know. Yeah. I told you this guy was an idiot. Yeah. God dang it. Mm-hmm. So the trip took way too long and the snow ended up being way too deep for, the men that did have wagons and horses Mm -hmm. um they were starting to run out of their food and their provisions is what comes up when i'm doing the research and you know that's everything that's the horse food that's their Mm -hmm. flint it's their matches it's all of that in general they're running out of everything Mm -hmm. so they start eating the horse food to keep themselves alive because the horses can at least forage a little even through the snow they'll find something they'll eat pine needles if they have to yeah and so unfortunately it took two months of misery in the freezing cold winters Mm. before they found some help on january 21st 1874 they found chief ure his tribal camp was in Colorado and he was known all throughout that area to be a really wonderful man. And he was, he really wanted to keep the peace between tribes and the Mm -hmm. new white Mm -hmm. men that were coming. And, um, so they knew that he could be trusted. Okay. Um, um, he was the leader of the Tabawash band of the Ute tribe. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> he actually helped make treaties between tribes and the U.S. government. So he was actually kind of a powerful person, too. Mm-hmm. So um, they asked for his help. And the crazy part was these poor men were so bedraggled and emaciated and mm-hmm. starved. They actually scared some women and oh children. And they ran from them. Can you just imagine? Like, like 
you probably haven't seen a lot of men that look like that and Uh all of a sudden yeah these raggedy ass skeletons (laughs) are climbing out of the forest yeah that would be terrifying yeah it it was it's gonna be really sad Mm -hmm. but chief yure he welcomed them happily and Mm -hmm. he took care of them and he told them that they were welcome to stay for the whole rest of the winter until mm-hmm. springtime and that they would take care of all of them and their horses oh, really? and they wouldn't owe them anything that it would be fine and so half and half of the group wanted to go and wanted to stay mm-hmm. so unfortunately the ones that wanted to leave was because they were going for gold yeah and they don't people were coming yeah. and they knew if we wait someone else is going to end up getting there yeah that so makes sense. yeah i get it i definitely get it this was the whole point of the trip yeah so the very first week of february after they healed from their minor injuries and recovered from their starvation um 11 of the men wanted to leave mm-hmm. including alfred Okay. And Yure, uh, Chief Yure gave them all that they needed and he gave them the best directions that he could to get where they were going. And he told them to stay by the river because it's going to be treacherous, but it's still going to be safer than going through the mountains with the mm-hmm. snow. And the trip is going to take longer, too, mm-hmm. but it will be safer. Mm-hmm. So Alfred was not happy with that. He did not want to take the long way. And he convinced five men to agree to go with him to take the shorter route. Mm -hmm. Those five men were Israel Swan, George Noon, Frank Miller, James Humphreys, and Shannon Wilson Bell. Okay. Um, The other five men took the Safeway Mm -hmm. down the river and they apparently all nearly starved to death in the terrible bad weather Mm -hmm. and they would have died had they not been found by government ranch workers which is funny to think of that but you know this is native american land Mm -hmm. so they had soldiers and military protecting the cows Mm -hmm. and so these government ranch workers came across those men and in gunnerson colorado pretty close to where they were going and um, they had to stay there until april um, so we're now February 9th, um, just a little bit right after they decided that it was time to go. Mm-hmm. Alfred and the group of his five men left for their trip through the mountains that was going to be 75 miles or about 120 kilometers. They followed the river for quite a while, but then they decided like this is just going to take too long and the weather was still terrible yeah so they took a shortcut up into the san juan mountains and this decision was made pretty much because they were starting to ran ran they were starting to run out of food had ran out of flint completely Mm, only had a few matches Mm. so it wasn't going to be super successful if they run out of matches there's Mm -hmm. nothing they could do yeah well i mean they could like (laughs) hand (laughs) but like the reality is that's hard for even insane wilderness professionals now Mm -hmm. so they also had they did not have heavy enough clothing for this kind of snow oh really yeah and i'm I'm wondering if the tribe just gave them what they could, but they were not going to sacrifice the warmth of their people. But they also weren't going up into the mountains, maybe seasonally. They just didn't have it. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. And they also did not have snowshoes. Oh. Genius. Which is kind of like all of them. 
you guys made this trip without snowshoes or heavy clothes in the winter. In the winter, so it's yeah. not even just Alfred. It was just like what Everyone's everybody kind of they were just trying to get there in a the moment as fast yeah. as possible. Yeah, on April sixteenth, so they've traveled for just a little over a month and a week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, still eighteen seventy four. Alfred came out of the forest alone. He crossed a frozen lake to Los Pinos Native Agency in um, Suacha, Cal- uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And uh, the U.S. Native Agency, they called it an Indian agency, but the Native Agency was created like an outpost that the government had employees running there and some military soldiers, but mostly just employees. And they helped facilitate the trade between Native American tribes and um, the the new people of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was a safe place, like an uh-huh. embassy. It was yeah, like yeah, an yeah. embassy, pretty okay. much. So he crosses over there. He's trying to get help. This is where they were all trying to reach because this is where they could get help together. Mm-hmm. And they took him in and they fed him and he started to tell his story. Okay. He said he'd been hired by the five as a guide and he got snow blind, which is basically your eyeballs are just burned. Burned, They were sunburned Uh by the the reflection of the Mm -hmm. sun from the snow. And that they left him behind and he was given a rifle by Israel Swan and they just left him. And he said that he, you know, just lived on rosebuds and roots and whatever he could find around. Mm -hmm. And the problem is the agency didn't believe him because he looked fine. Yeah. He was not emaciated for supposedly the two months that he was supposed to be there. Two months. He looked really healthy and pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. He stayed with them for 10 days, and then he wanted to go home back to um, Pennsylvania. So he started gathering supplies, and um, he sold the rifle that he had gotten from Israel for $10, which is the equivalent of about $230 now, Mm -hmm. and because he really, really needed the money. Because again, like, let's travel through the forest without a gun and go (laughs) home. Um, In Suacha, he got room at the Dolan Saloon, Mm -hmm. which was owned by Larry Dolan. And he said that while Alfred was there, he spent about a hundred dollars. I'm I'm not thinking that this is like a a hotel. It's like a boarding house that's connected to a bar. Okay. Saloon. Uh Uh-huh. He spent about a hundred dollars, which is about 2,200 US dollars today. Oh, Wow. And he offered to lend Larry $300. So that's like almost $7,000 in today's money. Okay. Right. Um, He said that that the general store worker, he spent about $178 there. And multiple witnesses said they saw him with several wallets. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Five... He, or six. <laughs> exactly. He ended up at the saloon every day, drinking heavily, spending a bunch of money, mm-hmm. and talking. And everybody heard a different story. Okay. None of the stories lined up. The town started gossiping. They were like, what is this drunk dude doing? He has a lot of money. He's telling some weird-ass stories. Uh-huh. So some new people came to town. 
One of them was Preston Nutter. He was one of the group that stayed back with Chief Ure's tribe. Uh huh. He found Alfred in the saloon and he said, hey, what happened to all the other guys? He said, you know, we didn't have adequate clothing and snowshoes and my feet got wet. So I sat down by the fire to dry my feet and clothing mm-hmm. and the others went into the wood to find food and firewood mm-hmm. and they never came back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm like, like, I can't I hear a bullshit it's, story. Exactly. So Preston didn't believe it either. Mm-hmm. And he... Sorry, I'm like... Mm-hmm. No, he knew that <laughs> Alfred was just a crap guide. Yeah. And, but the thing was, he was their leader. You would not leave them behind. Yeah. Because again, you wouldn't lie about being a guide because you're going to kill everybody. You're going to risk everyone's life. Yeah. So you're not lying about that. He wouldn't have been left behind. Mm-hmm. The reality would be trouble happened and maybe one person's at least going to make it back. They're going to run back. Like, yeah. What everybody got crushed in an avalanche. Mm-hmm. So, um, Preston wondered why he wasn't sick looking, because if he was lost in the forest for a couple of months, he did not look emaciated. Mm-hmm. So now multiple yeah, people like, are oh. like, "Why isn't this guy all bedraggled? Like you can't gain that much weight back. It's been a week." Yeah, what rosebuds were you eating, dude? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, he had realized, you know, all these things. He doesn't look sick. He has all this money. He also realized that he had Frank Miller's knife. Oh. But Alfred said, well, when he had left it like lodged in a tree trunk and he figured he just like forgot it. So Alfred, I pulled it out of the tree and I just kind of mm, pocketed, pocketed it for it, myself. Because yeah. Yeah, he his, forgot with his it. light fingers. Exactly. With his light fingers. And, but Preston is just like, this is weird. You know, like these men didn't have a bunch of weapons. Mm-hmm. Why He's not going to forget his knife in a tree. So it just didn't feel right. The other five men from the mining party that had finally reached the agency, the ones who had gotten lost and almost died. Mm -hmm. So they now had recovered from being taken care of by those government ranch hands and they've made it to the agency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they, Alfred saw them and he um, told them his story. And they did not believe it either. Yeah. There's no way. They think he's full of crap. And he, they beg the head of the agency, whose name is General Adams, mm-hmm. to bring an officer to question him. Because nothing is adding up. Everything is different. This isn't right. Yeah. But he's still telling the story of the wet feet. But there's like little changes in it. But it's still my feet were wet and they left me. Yeah. Before an officer could um, get to him... Preston and the other four men confronted Alfred and they were going to take him to the agency themselves. Mm -hmm. And he was really scared um, because, you know, it's like a mob coming after you. Yeah. But he was reluctant and he, but he still went. He was like, okay, I mean, what, you know, they're going to beat the crap out of me probably. So Preston told the agency everything he knew because this is the first time he's gone there. Mm -hmm. So he's told them everything he's heard, all his feelings, the thing with the knife, how he doesn't look right. And, Alfred seeing the other men from the party were just like he was so excited to see them like so happy like they were all best friends Mm -hmm. and they were like dude we're not pals what are you doing yeah 
they demanded to know what really happened. Where were the, you know, where were the other guys? This is yeah. just not right. There's no way. You didn't have a weapon. Why does none of this make sense? He had a revolver. Yeah, a small like cold he revolver. Had, he had a, but that's not good for killing bears. Well, he had a gun or and like, a knife. But, um, but the knife, he wasn't, that's all he oh. went in with was a crappy revolver. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And not an, and no more ammunition than what it held. So um, he told them the same wet feet story. And when they asked about all the money that he had, he said that it was from a loan in the town before the agency. And they they were like, well, we're going to go find out. They went over there. They asked him. They said, no, there's no way. We didn't need to loan him money. He had a ton on him. And mm-hmm. remember, a bunch of people saw him with a bunch of different wallets. Yep. So now they're getting more information. It's gossip. But they're but, hearing yeah, it multiple times. It's, yeah. It's information, gossip, or mm-hmm. facts. It's hard. <laughs> I mean, you're talking, yeah, it's visually seeing. Mm-hmm. So General Adams really wants to believe Alfred. Mm-hmm. He wants him to be the good guy. He he trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. And so he gathered some agency staff members, um, the five men from the first mining party, Preston, who stayed behind and um, then himself, General Adams, and they all get to, they're all going to go sit down together. They're going to okay. have a little conversation mm-hmm. and figure out what's going on. Before this can even happen, they are called outside and they go outside. It's just the craziest coincidence. They go outside and some Ute huntsmen on horses show up carrying these stripped chunks of meat and they said, this is white man's meat. Mm-hmm. And everybody is like, what is happening? Yeah. They say that they found the strips like up on the hill, not far from the agency, like uh-huh. really close by. So Alfred sees this and he immediately like passes out and has a seizure. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so convenient. And I'm thinking, well, the thing well, is stress. stress. Exactly. Yeah. So it's stress induced. And so when he comes out of it and he is like has regained himself and his composure, he immediately starts crying and begging for mercy and forgiveness. And he says that he'll he says he'll tell everything that happened. Minutes go by. It's just dead silent. Everyone cannot believe like what is going on? They're waiting. Yeah. And this is all outside, right? They, they've, they're they they're just they're they, they're standing around, and they like, kind of all go back okay. in. They're trying to figure out what happened. He says, "In quote, it would not be the first time that people had been obliged to eat each other when they were hungry." I knew it. His first official confession of what happened between February 9th and April sixteenth of eighteen seventy four. He said the trip was really hard and they used up the food way too quickly because they needed the energy Uh to keep going. It was freezing cold. So they went through their rations way too fast. And unfortunately, the wildlife in the area was really scarce. Mm -hmm. So they had trouble finding other things to eat. Mm -hmm. So after coming back from gathering wood, Alfred, he says he's gathering wood, which we're all like this lazy Mm -hmm. piece of shit. There's no way he was because that's all everyone did was complain that he never did anything. And he just whined the whole time. Freeloader. Exactly. So he said the four men were standing around the dead body of Israel Swan. Mm-hmm. And he was the oldest of their group. He was 64. Oh, wow. Like a badass. That's, like a, that's old for back then. Yeah. Out in the forest. And then to be doing that. And being yeah. a minor. Yeah. <laughs> so um, 
they killed him by blunt force trauma to his head. Oh, okay. So they just had, at this point, it's just a wound to his head. He's dead. There was nothing to be done, Alfred said. So, you know, what could you do? But they butchered him and they divided up his money and Alfred took his rifle because, you know, he just had that gun Mm -hmm. and they stayed there for a little while. And so they packed up some of the flesh to take with them and they headed out. But unfortunately, there was no more wildlife still as they were going. So Mm -hmm. they ran out of israel meat and and they were starving again frank miller was killed um the next in the same way he was hit in the head and so they did the same thing they split frank's cut of israel's money between everybody and frank's money between everyone and alfred took his knife Mm -hmm. james humphreys was killed next same exact way separated the money he didn't have any belongings and george noon quickly afterwards alfred said him and the last man shannon Mm -hmm. um, shannon bell swore on god that they were not going to hurt each other Uh that they were going to make it out till the end but um apparently Oh, and they were never going to talk about eating people either. Okay. And so they were just going to say that the men died. They succumbed to the elements and weather and starvation. Mm -hmm. Well, while they had gotten not very far from where they were of that 70 mile trip by a lake, um, Alfred said that Shannon lost his mind and just lunged and attacked. And he screamed, you know, one of us has to die so that we don't starve. Mm -hmm. And... Um, he lunged at Alfred and this is where they realized that they were um, because he was going to hit him in the head with the butt of his rifle so this is how people were getting killed they were Mm -hmm. getting hit with a rifle and Alfred hit him in the head with his hatchet for self defense he said that um, he ate some of Shannon's body he took the money Mm -hmm. because you know a lot (laughs) yeah Um, everyone's money mm -hmm, packed up some of the pieces and when he thought that he could go no further is when he had come across the agency. Okay. And so because of his guilt, he tossed the the meat, the leftovers yeah. on the hillside really close by. Uh-huh. So um, <laughs> obviously the hunters found it. So that's like a chunk yeah. of the evidence. Uh-huh. Um. And the other five men immediately says this is total bullshit. Yeah. Because Shannon would have let them kill him to eat him. He, mm-hmm. they, they said he was such a good man. There is no way he would have ever done that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, on the one hand, if you're yeah. starving to death, yeah. dehydrated to, to death, you know, you don't know, mm-hmm. but the character of someone does kind of matter, I think. And so, yeah. Um, so general Adams decided to send out a search party to find and retrieve their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so the five miners, the, an agency employee, a few agency officers, and Alfred as their freaking guide. Oh, Haven't oh, they oh learned my gosh. yet? <laughs> this guy's um, not going to guide exactly. you to your death. <laughs> so, um, and they head out. Well, unfortunately, uh-huh. after two weeks, there's still nothing. And at a fork in the river um, of the original path, Alfred said that he was lost. Nothing looked familiar. And there was just really no point. So... 
They all turned around to head back to the agency. And on the trip back, Alfred tried to murder one (gasps) of the agency workers. What? He had a knife stashed in his clothing and he like went to bum rush him. And unfortunately, like fortunately, it did not work. He was, um, you know. They arrested him Mm -hmm. and because the agency officers, so they like handcuffed him. And that's how he got to go back. Um, And Alfred was then transferred to the Sawatch or to the city of Sawatch in in Colorado, the same area that they were in. Mm -hmm. But he was jailed outside of town for his own protection Mm -hmm. because now the town was like, we knew it. Yeah. There was something wrong with him. He was crazy. So he set out there. Now... He's changed his story. He says that the blizzard happened, they got lost, and that they couldn't find food. So they had started, um, like, boiling and eating their shoes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which, that was actually really common, because yeah. the shoes were leather, yeah, they would yeah, cook yeah. them up. <laughs> and eating that pea leather. Oh. <laughs> so, um, they all promised that if one of them died, that it would be okay to eat their body. Uh-huh. Israel died first, but now he says it was not by murder. It was the elements and starvation. And he signed this confession. It this is one of his several confessions, but this is the only one that he signed. So he this is what he says is true, right? So now it is summer. We've progressed to August. It's still 1874. Okay. The snow has melted. And now the bodies of the missing men were found. Okay. The illustrator for a magazine, which is kind of funny going back to like our scrapbooking episode Mm -hmm. and talking about when magazines came out. So illustrators went out into the forest and they found Uh pictures of flowers or not found pictures. They found flowers and they would draw them. Uh So this illustrator is out in the forest and he's looking around and it's about um two miles or 3.2 kilometers outside of lake city colorado he finds all five bodies side by side at the bottom of the pass in a shady area of pine trees in a gulch which i think a gulch is what we think of as a wash like it's like it's like it's a runoff because of water so Mm -hmm. it's like it floods down um, it was very obvious that the bodies had all suffered violence. Oh my gosh. There were, the bodies were still partially intact. Mm-hmm. Israel Swan was basically bones. So they deduced from this that they likely all ate all of him. <gasps> because of the snow and uh-huh. stuff, the bodies had gone through like a refrigeration. Yeah. Yeah. I was just so, thinking about that. It would mm-hmm. be pretty preserved in the snow. Yeah. So pretty much all of his body was gone between, you know, the elements and animals. But mm-hmm. the other bodies, Frank Miller had no head. Oh, what? And they didn't find it. Oh, what? Yeah. So I've, they've, I, we don't know, but it, we're assuming that, um, the head was probably bashed in and carried off by something. Oh yeah. I really don't know. We, it doesn't, we don't know. The others had stripped skeletal legs. So they had oh, eaten the, the flesh the, of, of the, the legs. legs. Mm-hmm. But they all had identifiable faces. Okay. So that's how they were able to know that it was Except them. Except for the one without the Except head. Except for the man without the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'm guessing he had identifiable markings or yeah. maybe his still clothing. Mm-hmm. 
Because let's be real, you probably didn't carry that many sets of clothing with you on this trip. No. And um, so so the legs were stripped and skeletal. They had identifiable faces, but now their bodies were decomposing. Mm-hmm. So they had the process had just started. Yeah. So that's how they got this like visual of this was back to back to back. Yeah. Immediate because they were all in the same stage of decomp. Okay. So now nothing is adding up at all. Yeah. All the bodies are in the very same place, but supposedly they were killed and along, along the, the trip. Way. Yeah. So what the hell is he doing? Taking the bodies and lining them all back? There's no way. Yeah. So both George and James had enough. This is so strange just to say it. They realized that both George and James had enough meat on their bodies that still could have been eaten. So there was no way that Shannon would have lost his mind and wanted to kill. They yeah, could have been yeah, eating yeah. still. That's uh-huh. so gross. I know. But they still, they, they, they wouldn't have had to get to that point yet. Mm-hmm. So when they searched around the area, they also found a pretty decent shelter. Okay. And then inside... It had all of the men's other belongings in it. Mm -hmm. There was also a really clear designated path showing that it was used frequently. And my mind is just blown that like they still knew what was up back then. Like we have our detective skills now and they did too. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in snow, like he had worn down a pathway through the snow Uh that over time of snow and melt and snow, it was still visible. Uh So they're piecing it all together. Um, so what they were also showing signs of the, the items definitely could have kept them going for a while. Mm -hmm. The amount that was left behind, there was still, they could have tried more. Mm -hmm. So they're pretty sure that he killed them, stole their stuff, was living in the shelter for those whole two months Uh and survived off of eating them just as he needed mm-hmm. to wait for the winter to be over. They're going to his cell to confront him and be like, look, like here's we, all the bodies. Yeah. He's not there. What? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gone. He's gone? He is not there. He escaped. They they have no idea how. It's never. It was never found out who did it, how it happened, but obviously it had to have been a bribe. He had money. Yeah. So, you know, and when people need money and... The story is just so crazy. And and at the same time, you're like, well, would you eat a person if you're starving Uh, to death? So maybe he bribed him with them. He had to have bribed somebody because there was no way mm -hmm. he could have escaped. He was a fugitive for almost a decade. Because again, back then, he he had quite long hair and he had some facial hair. Cutting your hair and shaving that, different person. Totally different. Completely different person. So um, he was found March 11th, 1883 by, again, these coincidences just crack me up. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's a small world. (laughs) Seriously. He was back home and he was seen by one of the men that had stayed with Chief Ure's tribe. Oh, really? Way back then. Wow. That whole time ago. So we're talking, it's been over a decade and you're like, Mm -hmm. I know that asshole. Yeah. For sure. So, um, Alfred was going by the name John Schwartz, and he had been asking around town to buy some supplies, and he was, um, the police were tipped off by that man, Mm -hmm. um, whose name is not, we don't know, and he was arrested. So now, he signed 
his last confession. Okay. Shannon killed them all while I was gathering firewood and food. Oh, come on, dude. Come on. <laughs> I know it's not funny, but it's just like, it's are you like, kidding me? Change it again. Exactly. Um, it's like, maybe they'll buy it this time. Right. And he said he killed Shannon in self-defense by shooting him in the stomach. Okay. And then finishing him off by hitting him in the head with a hatchet. He said he built the shelter and tried to keep going, but the weather was too bad. So the pathway back uh-huh. and forth, the weather was just too bad to continue. So uh-huh. maybe. Yeah. Um, He said that he lived there for two months and he ate from the frozen bodies, but he was basically like only as much as I needed to survive because uh-huh. he hated it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um. He had his very first trial in April, and he was found guilty of premeditated murder of Israel mm-hmm. Swan, the first Okay. Um, he escaped his death sentence, actually, due to a technicality that I can't find. Okay. Um, and so in June of 1886, so he was already in prison for three years okay sorry i had to go back yeah um he was tried again and he was convicted of the five counts of involuntary manslaughter okay and sentenced to 40 years because again they got to charge him with something but the story he told could be true mm-hmm. we don't know yeah so during his trial um, local hunters actually said that even though the winter, that winter of 1874 back then was really, really terrible, there was wildlife everywhere. Oh, really? So in theory, he probably didn't need to eat them. Yeah. But he was so lazy. That's yeah. all I just keep going back to is like, he probably he didn't just, need to, but he didn't want to work that hard. Yeah. He didn't want to go hunting. Mm-hmm. He just was like, well, there's. A- Which, you know, again, I'm like, well, that would expend your energy if you don't yeah. have a lot, but it's like eat a tiny bit of leg of, of somebody Ooh. and then go kill a rabbit. But, yeah. you know, so um, in 1901, after serving 18 years in prison, Alfred was actually granted parole. What? I know. A local newspaper had been writing about him and an article about, like, how sad the whole story really was and that, you know, his last confession was the believable one. Okay. And they felt bad for him because, you know, wouldn't you do what it took to, to stay alive? Live, yeah. And, I mean, I understand that, too. Um, But it's just, like, the character of his whole life. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it was, oh, well, he killed everybody. I He was greedy. He was terrible. He ended up with the equivalent of thousands of dollars in other people's money yeah. by making up a story. Yeah. So because of the mm-hmm. scrutiny of those articles um, and everybody feeling bad for him that, you know, he was paroled, but his judge refused to pardon him. Oh, so okay. he still carried the criminal record. Yeah. He ended up with work as a ranch hand. And because of our last story, just don't trust ranch hands. My last, you just can't. Like, you can't trust ranch. I'm just kidding. So he became a ranch hand, and he was also a guard um, at a Denver, like, outpost. Okay. And um, he died April 23rd, 1907, at 65 years old. So he was only paroled for six years before he died. Oh, wow. And um i have one last little thing and i hate that that's it but we still really do not know the true story yeah and all we have is his 
bullshit because there's yeah. no way. There, I don't and know. The, I don't the believe piece it. together probable mm-hmm. evidence from the scene. Yeah. And so. my the thing is, I'm kind of maybe half and half. Like, maybe they all did kill Israel because he was uh-huh. the oldest and they were or, kind of starting to starve. But again, there was still food preval- prevalent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was Why wouldn't yeah. they try something else? Yeah, band together and someone. go find some rabbits. Right, exactly. So in 1994, the bones of Shannon were um, looked at again. Oh, okay, by, so um, like 100 years later. Mm-hmm, they were analyzed and they. it was shown that he did have a wound to his pelvic bone. Okay. And so, you know, he did get obviously shot in the groin area. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the evidence has been studied and gone over and you know, there's no, there's nothing else. Wow. Couldn't figure out anything else. And I just think it's so crazy. And well, I guess technically there's one more little thing. Um, <laughs> there is actually, I've seen this movie a million times in, and not really, but like d- definitely Enough a times. lot. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, it's called Cannibal the Musical. Okay. And it's made by the guys that made South Park. Mm-hmm. So, so it's okay. ridiculous. And hilariously, it is about this guy. Really? But it's a comedy. And so it's ridiculous because because nobody knows what happened they made up the most ridiculous there's this song it's all let's build a snowman because they're all going crazy Uh and so they're like making best friends with a snowman but it's Uh it's alfred packer and i I asked my husband i was like wait a minute i was like do you know the guy's names and he like said all the guys names i was like holy crap so Uh, they um i think it's matt stone and trey parker or like flip the names Mm. i don't watch a ton of south park i do but i can't remember um Mm -hmm. and it's really funny because, um, oh yeah, I was right, Trey Parker. Oh, it was Trey Parker only. Sorry, just okay. the one guy. Okay. Um, and it's funny. That's <laughs> so dumb. And I mean, it's sad now because it's like, yeah, that's a bummer. But it's just so ridiculous because I've been watching. I've seen that movie like the whole time my husband and I have been together. We've watched it a handful of times. Mm-hmm. And now I was like, what? <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, I know. You really could, you know, make up any bullshit story like he did and yep. it could be like well maybe i i think because the one body was more decomposed or like bones than the others mm-hmm. i think either he I think it was a group effort yeah he was like the one they were like we got to eat something let's kill the old guy maybe he volunteered who knows or that or maybe or he, he was like hurt. dying and they cracked him on hurt. the head but yeah. he did have a hole to his head so yeah. it was obvious that they cracked him on the skull so Gosh. maybe he was sick that's the thing is like yeah he well maybe, if he was sick you wouldn't want to eat him if you're starving to death oh i don't know with maybe. you the flu you're not gonna have like flu meat the reality <laughs> is too um is the human body is so foul and disgusting that if you, it, I know this is crazy, but like if you don't cook it properly, the amount of bacteria that lives mm-hmm. in seriously, like the first few layers of our skin, it's so pe- people will get, it's like a weird gross version of like mad cow. You get so sick. So yeah. this is the other part. I'm like, he it, must have saved the matches in the Flint or like figured something out because he would have, I'm my brain says you would have, Maybe he just kept a fire going. You know, once you start at once, you just don't sleep. You make sure you keep it, like, going. Because it's like that show alone um, where they're alone and they Mm -hmm. have to survive. And sometimes it's like 
you know, you finally built a fire mm-hmm. and you just got to keep it going. Don't yeah, let it go yeah. out. I get to sleep for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And also, you know, the fire, the the forest in bad inclement weather does not have seasoned wood. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of struggle. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's just crazy. It's so maybe crazy. because it was like cold. And, I don't want to think about it. It's so gross. I, I don't know. You'd have to. I'm that. It should be probably because it was cold enough and the bacteria is on the <laughs> skin. My paper freaked me out. So through the subcutaneous level, I guess. I don't know. Not that, it's oh, almost it's like when you freeze much. meat to like, for a certain amount of time to make sure there's no like parasites and stuff in it. So, yeah, I don't know. It's all gross. My stomach's upset. Well, he survived, but... Um, Wow. It's weird. Was, the whole thing is crazy. That was crazy. Good job. Thanks. That was I long. Was, it was like 12 pages. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was sitting here like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I know. It just kept going. <laughs> I know. And it was the same thing for me. It was like I told you the first thing that um, is in, it'll be in the sources. It's a, mm-hmm. um, a YouTube. And then I went with all the other articles was, um, I don't, you don't realize this was like a 20 minute video mm-hmm. and it took me hours. Like unless you're an amazing stenographer and I'm writing and I don't mm-hmm. know shorthand, I'm not yeah, typing it up. I do the notes writing. Um, Cause that's, this is what works for me. So that's why you hear the crinkly. I like it though. <laughs> I like it too. But, um, and then I just kept going and I kept going and I kept yeah. going. Then I realized, Oh my God, like all this stuff has happened and I'm only a third of the way into this story. Yeah. Like they're lost by my second page of notes. It was boom, boom, boom. And I, it just kept getting crazier. Yeah. I kind of was. They all had so much money too. I and know. were going to find gold. I was like, that's a lot of money. What are you doing? Wait till spring. It's life savings. I guess you just carry I bet. it with you. I bet. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. I know it is well, weird. yeah. Cause you're crossing. You're not going to leave your money in the bank. Cause if you strike gold, you're not coming back. Yeah, exactly. Or you may not come back at all. Oh uh, yeah take the money so. with you just in case yeah <gasps> wow wow we that was an hour and almost right. 10 minutes. almost 10 minutes yeah whoop, whoop. recording so you're welcome <laughs> or sorry <laughs> or, yeah, however you want to take it <laughs> so with that stay crafty and not cry me or cannibally yeah <laughs> bye, bye.